This episode of Sexy Marriage Radio was brought to you by the Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway. June 21st to the 24th in 2018 in the Dallas-Fort Worth area is four days of a getaway with you and your spouse. Come spend it with us and experience some great conversations and lots of time in the lab or exploring, exploring the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Register now at simplemarriage.net forward slash getaway. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Welcome to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where we're having honest, straightforward conversations about marriage and life and sex and all that happens, the nitty gritty, the lowdown. And the cool thing is, Shannon, I'm sitting right next to you because this episode is being recorded live at a retreat in the Deer Park, Texas area at the San Jacinto Church. Yep. So say hey. Yep. Well done. I, I loved looking out across the crowd and seeing other heads bobble like we do when we're <laughs> recording at home. It is catchy. It is catchy. And one of the things we love is hearing from our listeners and, and being able to interact with them like we're getting to do this weekend. And if, if you've got a question or a topic or something that you want us to uh, address something, you can call us and leave us a voicemail. 214-702-9565 or you can always email us at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com apparently it's been ingrained in some people's <laughs> minds for forever and Corey, what if a question that's rolling around in somebody's mind is how did they wind up in a live church together and how do we get them in our church live and what, what kind of is it feedback at well i would say you'd send an email to feedback sexymarriageradio.com said we want next dibs yeah, exactly yeah put us on the list yep. so uh <laughs> one of the things we love is, is listening from our or getting stuff from our listeners and this came from an old friend of ours michael yeah that has been around the show for a long long time and it's he such says, a, an encouragement such a cheerleader he is he says hey Corey, and hi to pam and shannon if you're reading this too it's been a while since I chimed in, but I'm, avid, I'm an avid listener. I wanted to drop you a note that my fiancé messaged me about your show for the first time. I'd liked, I talked to her about them in the past and even sent a link once or twice, but there wasn't really any conversation. Well, the shower sex episode changed that. <laughs> we both had a fun talk and a good laugh about that show, and we even talked about how we might remodel the bathroom once we're married and living at her farm. I enjoyed the conversation between you and Pam. It's so refreshing and casually honest. Lots of love, brother. I pray all was well with you, and God bless. Yeah, I did get several comments um, about the the topic title of that show. <laughs> that Birthday was a fun sex, one. Shower sex. And it, 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 it was sex three times in the title. Yep. It's like, okay, well, it's pretty clear what this, to- this it, show is going to be about. That's a fun one. <laughs> And we also got a whole lot of email at feedbacksexymirrorsradio.com about Welcome Back Shannon Ah, this it, past week. And that tickled me. I, I, was, I was pretty giddy over all of the uh, enthusiastic responses to me coming back. And Absolutely. it's great to be back. It, it is. It's good to be back in it's the saddle. It's nice having you back in the chair. It is. Yeah. So we need to go into the topic just right away because we're talking here at this retreat just about marriage and the dynamics of it and fantasy and your attitude about things and, and sexual confidence right. and, and your approach, your stance. But one of the things that keeps coming up to me is just this whole idea of, I want you to want me. I want there you go. I was hoping we'd get a sing. We'd have to get the singing yeah, from the it. cheap trick song. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's a topic that keeps coming up in all our emails. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, and uh, it's not a pointed question like that. I don't, I don't think of it in that regard. Right. No but one's asking, hey, how do I want to be wanted more? Right. But that's the gist. That's the aerial view of what they're really saying is I desperately want to be wanted. Mm-hmm. And I don't seem to be able to communicate that in such a way to inspire that kind of response. Right. What do I do? So when you hear of the whole concept of, hey, we want to be wanted, because I think it's a fundamental human need. I think it's a fundamental human desire. Am I wrong? No. Okay. So it's one of those things that we want to be wanted, but what happens in married life so often to where we don't feel that way? Because mm-hmm. that's a struggle, isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that it's such a basic core need. Yeah. It, it's literally, it's not just a desire. It's a need that we come into the world with a need to be wanted by our primary caretakers because it's all about survival. Right. If our parents want us, not just tolerate us, then the likelihood of us getting fed and taken care of and provided for is much greater. Okay. So I, I can't imagine that any human being on the planet doesn't want to be wanted. And mm-hmm. I think that that evolves over time, that it goes from parents to peers and then from peers to intimate partner and then your, your spouse. Um, it's, just, it's vital to our survival. It is. So let's, let's, let's frame the conversation this way. From your first, just from me asking this on, on spur of the moment, when you think of the difference between want versus need, how do you differentiate between those two? I think of a need as something you're either going to die without it and that's in a physical sense. Mm-hmm. But I also think that there are basic human needs that you may not die immediately without it, like, such as food or water or something. But it is so woven into the fibers of your DNA that if you don't have it for long periods of time, you're going to emotionally waste away. And it's going to cause your self-esteem or your sense of well-being to, to rot slowly. Mm-hmm. I, I like that because I think so often we can get caught up in confusing those two. I think when I'm not getting something I want in my married life, I all of a sudden think I have to have that or I need it. Mm -hmm. And then I start to react differently. Because think about it this way, too, because I I like where you're going with the idea of need is about basic survival. Want is about whipped cream. (laughs) And there's no sexual connotation to that whatsoever. I'm letting people go where they want to with that. But it's, it's, it's icing on the cake. It's, it's additional things, mm-hmm. right? It's, extra, it's an extra dab of cream in my coffee or mm-hmm. a flavor in it. You know, so it's all these different things. But a lot of times I will get into this component of if what I want isn't happening, then I'm going to try to make it a need. And I think I'd, I react and respond and seek those two things differently. If it's a need, I'm going to seek it differently than I would if it was a want. Okay. Right? Because okay. a want is kind of one of those things. Well, let's switch it. So if we're talking about the need, if it's a need and I'm starving, I will do a lot of different things to try to get it because I have to have food to survive. Right. I have to have water to survive. I mean, think about it. If you go to the, some of the worst existences that you could have and you needed water and all you could find was some dirty little pool of, of a pond, you'd drink it because it's <laughs> it, a need. Right. Right. Yeah. Gary Thomas tells an amazing story right here in the Houston, Texas area of how he was out for a run on a really hot day and he saw someone's water hose and was just so desperate for a drink that he actually put his mouth to it immediately, not realizing that's hot and it's been sitting in a hot plastic tube and what kind of 
chemical funk is in that water. Uh-huh. He just, he wasn't thinking. So yeah, it, 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 to survive, we will resort to anything in the absence of something to right. really quench our desire. Right. And so if I have, if I've in my mind made something I'm wanting as a need, I'm going to react differently to try to get it. Yes. When I think With that's more what desperation. Sure. Well, I, I might be desperate. I might be, I mean, to me, I think of the difference between need is clingy, leachy and how I go about to get it. I'll, I'll be desperate to get okay. it. I'll do all kinds. If I come home from this trip and my kids are needy when I walk in the door, I'm going to want to get back in my truck and drive for a little bit longer. <laughs> I just am. I mean, or, we whereas, all know what that's like. Whereas someone who's more codependent gets really sad if no one needs them when they walk in the <laughs> fair, door. Fair so according like, to who you, are. you didn't even know I was gone. <laughs> exactly. Right. Didn't you miss me? <laughs> but if I come home and they're like, Dad, it's so great to see you. I've missed you. You know, and it's kind of this, I want to hang out with you. Let's go pl- throw the ball outside. I'm like, okay, I can do that. Because mm-hmm. I, I will respond differently. And I think a lot of times the most couples make an issue they're not even recognizing is the way I'm going about a want, I might be treating it as a need. Okay, now I see where you're going with that. You like how I've kind of spun that all the way around? I, I'm like glad that? you came back around to make it make sense <laughs> That's in my mind. That's what I try mind. to do. Yep. But it's the whole concept of, okay, is because the biggest topic that this is going to come up in most probably is sex. Right. And you Whether and I have talked about this. Whether sex is a want this. or a need. Yeah, yep. you and I have talked about this and the differences of is it a want or is it a need. Right. And I think the answer is yes. Exactly. <laughs> it's not always either or. It sometimes right. is both and. It is a need for the species to exist. Exactly. Because sex has to happen for a baby. If this is new to you in Sexy Marriage Radio, <laughs> hang on. You don't have all those children because you use the same towel after your shower. <laughs> Or the, same, alert. or the same toothbrush. <laughs> yeah. Right. But it is that concept of, okay, if it's a want and I'm desperate for it, am I helping my situation by being desperate in the way I go about it? So you're saying be more careful in your approach to make sure that what you're pursuing is really what you're going to get. Well, I guess my question would be, and let me uh, just kind of quick reaction from the audience. If I was to seek, if, if your spouse is seeking sex with you and they crumble when you reject them, turn on, turn off. Turn off. Absolutely. That's easy. And usually our whole crumble is because we're treating it like I need this. Yes. And it's like your identity is based on whether Mm -hmm. you're going to be accepted. And if you get if your advance gets rejected, you feel rejected. Yeah. And rejection is real. Rejection is part of this. Well, and rejection has to be part and parcel with a healthy marriage relationship, because unless your spouse can say a wholehearted no to you, their yes is never wholehearted. True. We have to be given a choice True. for us to say yes and mean yes. True. But it's, it's just the whole concept of looking at this. If I, if I were to look at my life with, okay, if I kept my wants really in the category of wants and I treated them such, do you think I might take a little pressure off of people on fulfilling them all the time mm-hmm. as opposed to if I come at them as, as a need? Right. I see where you're going. Yeah. I mean, it's, so to me it comes down to, first off, how do I uh, process what am I really looking for? Is it I want a connection with you and I would like that to be sexual and naked? Or is it I need your, your undivided attention because we've got this, you know? And I think it can be situationally specific even. It's not mm-hmm. always just a generic of the entire topic. Well, can we run, rewind the tape? Ugh. Can we rewind the tape even further back? Go. Before you even consider your approach and is it appropriate 
how about if you just pause to consider what is it that I need and why? Because I think that there's a lot of people who feel guilty for even having a need or even an intense desire. Okay. And I think that that comes from often a family of origin who is just belittling or makes you feel as if you aren't entitled to having okay. your needs met. Okay. That there's just a lot of people out there who it's almost like they feel hesitant to take up the space in the universe that belongs to them because they've just been taught to shrink back, play small, minimize your needs, don't ask for too much. And that's a really destructive message. Mm-hmm. So I think that looking at what do I need Specifically, because I think that we expect our spouse to read our minds. Well, you should know what I need. <laughs> I picked you as my spouse, and you should know what I need. You should be a mind reader. And they're not. Right. And so to teach your spouse what it is that you need, you have to recognize it first. Absolutely. And then asking yourself, why do I need that? What does it represent to me? Because what we're asking our spouse for often represents something different to us than it represents to our spouse. And sex is one of the biggest things that it sometimes represents one thing to one partner and a totally different thing to a different partner. I think you could take the word sometimes out of that phrase. (laughs) Yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) I think most of the time it means different things to each person. Right. I was talking earlier about how I think to the higher desire partner, it usually represents play and connection and adventure. And to the lower desire partner, it often represents work or a task okay. to be completed, or a distraction from all the other agendas okay, in their but life. I think we got to flip that, too. To the higher desire partner, sometimes it means identity and value and yes. security of themselves, when in reality, it has nothing to do with that. Mm. Isn't that right? I mean, go, go if, deeper. if I have a value of I am identified and feel good about myself based on conquest... Well, if I can't succeed in that, does that mean I'm not valuable? Mm. No. Right. Kind of like Charlie Brown taking it personally when Lucy moves the football and he winds up on his back. If he's going to fail, why bother trying right. type of a concept? Right. But is it really about him or is it about her deceitfulness of a bait and switch? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's both. Because I, I just think of as, as all this stuff unfolds, I mean, I think you start seeing it deeper and deeper in, in this whole concept of, we will have a lot of times where I'm wanting to be wanted, but I settle for being needed. And to me, that then shifts it to now I'm manipulating things so that people need me around. That way I start to feel at least a modicum of what I'm hoping for. Well, and when a spouse communicates either directly or indirectly, covertly or overtly, you need me, sometimes that strikes the spouse as, as manipulation, or well, control. It is manipulation. <laughs> I mean, I've well, got... I, some people may like feeling like, okay, yeah, you're right. I do need you. They, they like feeling that two ticks and no dog thing of just <laughs> sucking the life out of each other. <laughs> That's a great example. <laughs> some people, two ticks fighting for a no dog. <laughs> That's uh, just scary. Yeah. For some people, they don't see that as a problem. But I think for a lot of other people, it's a big problem. And I think that even for the people who don't see it as a problem... It, it can develop into a problem. Sure. Well, I just, I don't know. Let, let's, let's even come at this from a different angle. Maybe, maybe this helps just slightly. I think we all, as humans, and I'm, maybe I'm meddling a little bit too much with some of the audience that's here, but I think we all as humans have to recognize I have a, core, a, a component of me that is flat out manipulative. I want what I want. I have an agenda. Mm-hmm. 
right? I have a thing I'm trying to get, achieve, accomplish, woo, subdue. I mean, we can, we can dress it up however we want, but we are uh, selfish creatures. Yes, creatures of desire. Yeah, we have, we have wants, we have needs, we have desires, we have interests, but I have an agenda. I'm manipulative. Mm-hmm. And where most of this causes the most problem is when that's all covert or there you go. vindictive or passive aggressive. Or if there's a power play involved right. in it. If you're well, trying have... to belittle someone to make sure that you keep them under your thumb, right. that they're needy or that they need you, that, that's, that's well, I have a Well, cu- I have a couple that I worked with long ago that she had just fallen out of favor in the, with the, the relationship and way it had unfolded and she had made the decision until things change, we're not having sex just because I don't feel at all that I can trust you and secure and safe in this environment. And so his response to that was, okay, I'll cut you out of all the bank accounts. Ooh. Right. It's like, Tip really? The and they both, and what was so fascinating to me is as they're explaining this to me, they both saw no real issue with their own decisions. Mm. That it's okay for them to do what they're yeah, doing. Well, I'm not just doing it because you spouse. did it to me. Right. And it's like, but do you realize the message that's showing? I would imagine trust eroded in that relationship really fast. Well, it wasn't even existent at that point. But it's, it's the whole concept of that's what we do. That's just an exaggerative example of what we do. Mm-hmm. That Well, you didn't do that, so I'm not going to do this. Mm-hmm. But then what I'm faced with is who am I? What is really driving me? Where's my integrity in this? Where's my character in this? And is this who I want to be? Exactly. And is this inspiring trust in my spouse at all? Exactly. Or is it destroying it? Right. Yeah. Right. And so that's where you start to look at, if, if nothing else, I hope we can start to at least have people look at, okay, is what I'm wanting, am I seeking it like I need it, when in maybe reality I don't need it? Mm-hmm. It's just a want, so I need to be a little different in the way I go about it and trust and show that I can be trusted. I can be you know, encouraged in encouraging this, whether I get it or not, and not have to be covert in how I try to manipulate it. Right. I mean, I love it because one of the guys in a mastermind group even asked the question, so how do I do the dishes without make it coming across like I'm priming the pump? <laughs> Which is a great, it's a great phrase, right? It's like, how do I do this without it looking like, oh, you just want something tonight? Yeah. And my answer to that is, you don't. You just be overt about it? Right. Whether you're doing it or not, however it's interpreted is how it's interpreted. Yeah. That's I can't point. do both sides of the equation. You know, I can't, I can't like, from the Super Bowl, the whole concept of, you know, Brady can't throw the ball and catch the ball, and apparently he can't catch the ball either. But thank you. You guys are catching up. Yeah, well debatable. <laughs> how many Super Bowl rings does he but have? But it's, it's that whole concept of looking at this through the lens of what am I presenting, and is that worth wanting Mm -hmm. that's my path forward right well also want to can i is it okay if i shift gears Mm -hmm. away from just the approach of how you're going about getting it Mm -hmm. let's also look at what it is that that you're wanting your spouse to want you for like i recall on the sexy marriage radio academy uh, on a q a call that one of the questions that were that was posed by a, a really active participant was I want to have spiritual conversations with my husband, and he doesn't seem to be as interested. And so I think that we need to remember that this is not just about us wanting our spouse to want us sexually. No, absolutely. We want to be wanted physically, 
mentally for our thoughts and our intellect and our creativity, emotionally for our heart mm -hmm. and our availability in the relationship and spirit to have that spiritual connection is a really strong desire, especially I think for women because they seem to be more wired spiritually and emotionally, mm -hmm. whereas men are more wired mentally and physically. So if you feel as if your spouse doesn't want you in a particular regard, how, what's the best advice that you have for them? How do they cope with that? And how do they approach it in a strong, healthy way, but not making it so much of a part of their identity that they're crushed if they don't get it? Okay, so that's two different questions from okay. what I'm hearing. Okay. That one is, what is it that's deep-seated in me and how I'm seeking it that maybe my spouse couldn't ever possibly help me with it? You know, because that's the whole concept that we talked about last night at the retreat was, you know, if I'm counting on someone else to prop me up, that's not going to last. Yes. I've got to learn some of this is my own journey. It has nothing to do with my, my spouse or anybody else. It's a, it's a me problem, not a them problem. And the image of you, you know, leaning against right. another human being with your hands together but in an A-shape right. frame to where you could easily bust yep. your nose on the tile floor. It's a really powerful image. Yes, it is. It was like a big aha. Like I saw the light bulbs come on above <laughs> all the heads in the audience last night of, oh, that's what, that's what I do sometimes. I try to lean too heavily on my spouse mm -hmm. and there's too much of my identity wrapped up in their response. Mm -hmm. It's okay to want what I want, but if I don't get it, then am I still upright or am I right. in a heap well, on the ground? Absolutely. So I need to be more overt about that as far as what's going on with me internally. And then the second part of that question I think of is now, how am I acting in accordance to invite it or uh, inspire it or seek it more, uh, more straightforward. And honestly, cause it's the, the example I use with this is in parenting that if I, you know, if I get home and my son who's 10 has done something egregious, which is not beyond the realm of possibilities. <laughs> um, and I am yelling at him demanding that he be respecting of me. In that moment, he actually has good judgment to not respect me because I'm not acting respectable. Right. Throwing your weight around. Right. Being demeaning. And I'm, yeah, I'm all putting him in his place and lording over him. And so I think what happens a lot of times in married life is we clamor and are desperate to be loved. Right? I mean, isn't that kind of what we all want? We want to be loved. But think of the times where we're not acting at all lovable. And it's during those times that I hold my partner responsible for them not loving me. Ooh. <laughs> when in reality, they actually have good judgment, possibly. So this, is, so this is not just there's a little spiritual spinach in your teeth. This is I'm pigging out on a plate of spinach and wondering why my spouse is looking at me kind of weird. I don't know where spinach fits into this whole thing, but <laughs> I get what flaws. you're saying. No, yeah. I, get, I get what you're saying. It's, it's the concept of sometimes what I'm actually getting in my life is self-fulfilling because it's how I am ex presenting myself. If you think you're going to be rejected, you'll act in a yeah, way that, that gets rejected. I'm, I'm pre-rejecting myself without even yes. letting them know. The self-fulfilling prophecy is so real in most human beings' lives at some point. Absolutely. That's where what comes to my mind is thinking of a client I worked with. I love this couple. And they had some deep-seated manipulative stuff that was going on. And I loved it because they were honest about it. Mm -hmm. And and so as they're unpacking this during an intensive, it, it comes out that he would spend all day pursuing and, and wooing and teasing and kind of getting her juices. You know, it's that whole crock pot thing. Yep. Kind, of, kind of getting her warmed up. And then Sorry. when evening came around, he would just go to bed. <gasps> yeah. Oh. <laughs> and she's oh. like, dude, what are you doing? And I'm like, 
dude, what are you doing? You know? <laughs> and so it's one of those, she's like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Right. And so I'm, I'm curious if they were seeing you and that's kind of the scenario I set up, what would be your counsel putting you on the spot real quick? I mean, I can totally see why a woman would feel incredibly rejected mm-hmm. by that. And, and I've actually had women say that they did the whole initiation early in the day thing. They were sending the sexy text messages. They, she left the lingerie that she was going to wear that night when they went to bed out where he would see it. Mm-hmm. Like she was baiting the cage and then come time to go to bed. He was too tired to do anything. Sure. And sometimes let's, let's give at least circumstantial uh, situation stuff that sometimes that does happen. You know, you can have the best late plans and then just everything falls apart and you right. can't do anything. And I get that. That's the exception. But this guy had some intentional manipulative power kind of things going on. And he took pleasure in the path he was doing. Mm. Ooh, took pleasure in manipulating. Yeah, and if you're curious about that, come to the Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway because we're going <laughs> to unpack the dark sides of stuff. I can't wait. I've not taught this stuff, and I can't wait to actually teach it for the first time. But So my counsel was, because she was mad about this. She was frustrated. She was hurt. And so I came at her with just, why do you let him determine your own fulfillment? Take your power back. Right. Don't give him that right. power. And so instead, I said, I, what I would want to see you do, ma'am, is you're ready to go. You finally got the opportunity to finally go. And you, you look at him and how, you know, they would normally say, Hey, she'd say, are you interested? And he's like, nah. And he would, that was, that's when he would start the game. And she's like, all right, I'm going to head on back. I'll start without you. And if you don't want to join me, I'll finish on my own. That was going to be my, my recommendation. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes you have to take your sexual desires into your own hands. And, you know, maybe if he doesn't join her, he will realize that, well, it's going to be several more days before she's interested because she's satisfied. Maybe. She's satisfied herself. Right. Maybe. So maybe that will but help it's, him it's, realize it's really that, just, that, that I, backfired. I think it's that whole concept of if, if we can take away this idea of I'm not leaning on you entirely for this. I'd love it when you join me in it, but I don't have to have you in it. Now, all of a sudden, that puts the pressure squarely on each person's shoulders to live according to what I say and proclaim. Mm. Yeah. And if I want to then look at that, because I'm not going to get into this on the show, but there was a whole lot of deeper other stuff going, he had going oh, on. Oh, sure. And, and, and that so was we the spent tip some of the time. Iceberg, yeah. Sure. And that, that was, but that's how it plays out. And so you start to recognize how do I look at what's going on in me? And then when my partner puts it squarely on my shoulders, that makes me freak out. Because typically I want them to accommodate to me. So this is really a control thing. Well, yeah, we just made the comment we're all manipulative. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's true. We are. We're all trying to control. And do you think that people who this is kind of their modus operandi, that it's indicative of the fact that they felt out of control in their younger years and that they're trying to recreate that scenario and win this time? that they never want to be out of control again. So they're I, going to be intentional about being manipulative and coercive in order to feel like they ha- have some sort of resemblance of control. Well, I, th- I think that that fits, that can be a component and that's, that's your wheelhouse, which that's, that's the stuff that that's the way you see the world. I don't see it that way. Cause I think even people that I was raised in a really good household. I think I had, I don't have any of the major traumas. I know I'm st- controlling <laughs> and manipulative. <laughs> it's just taken a, almost 25 years with Pam to, her finally beat me into submission to realize, dude, you're controlling. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. You're right. There you go. Get, get naked. This and she's is like, human yeah, nature. Good right. <laughs> but it, it's just, it, but, so I think it's just, this is part of life on life term stuff to me. Uh-huh. And I hope that I want at least the audience here and then anybody that's listening to this, I want them to at least start examining, okay, 
if I want to be wanted, am I going about in ways to let people choose to want me? Right. Versus expect it. Right. And crumble when I don't get it. And turning it into a need instead of a right. want. Right. Because yeah. that's the, I mean, this is what we'll talk about uh, this afternoon, even to more degree. And we're going to have a show on it uh, pretty soon with a higher desire, lower desire concepts. Because we, we, we haven't even done a show on that. So how about next week? There you go. There you go. Um, and we by the way, happy Valentine's it. Day. It took the whole time. I, I was going to say, I think well, this, this is would a, be the Valentine's week. is a made up holiday to me. So I don't want to <laughs> get into it. It's just by Hallmark and Pro Flowers to sell stuff. So, But, but this was a great week to tackle this topic. Because I, I think that we all exactly. want to be wanted, desire to be desired. And some, some people need to be needed. But hopefully the show will challenge them to exactly. really take a look at that. But I think of it this way. Let me just kind of wrap it up with this. In my marriage, I'm the higher desire partner when it comes to sex with Pam. Okay. And we'll unpack the differences next week. But um, I, I have figured out in almost 25 years of marriage to her, I have figured out all the different ways to increase the likelihood that sex is going to happen. You know, I have figured out I can take her on dates. I can uh, get her a glass of wine. Um, <laughs> I can pay attention to her. And I can, you know, I can send her text. Actually, texts don't work with her. See, that's an annoying thing for her. But it's, it's one of those things. It just gets her out of the zone. All you guys that are out there, the type of you understand that. You're like, You're, stop interrupting me. I'm working. Um, <laughs> I can take her to the beach. That always works. There you go. Um, but there's, there's certain things I can do that increase the likelihood. I can do none of those, though, to get her to want me. Mm. That's a whole different ballgame. Right. All I can do is present something I think that's worth wanting. There's the key. And see if she chooses it. There's the key. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what's so scary about married life is I start to recognize there's a huge risk. Because what if I put out there what I think is worth wanting and my partner says, nah. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> That's scary as can be. But how else do we grow and really confront who we are? Right. Because we also then, if I go down that mantra, I take into account what I know of my spouse and I incorporate that into who I am because they teach me to treat them better and they challenge me to be better. Yes. That's what we do. We teach people how to treat us and picking up on your spouse's cues and what they need from you. Because here's the thing. It's not just us wanting to be wanted. We have to recognize that our spouse also wants to be wanted and speaking each other's love language. All mm -hmm. that, yeah, it, it's all part of the game. And we're both manipulative creatures trying to get what we want. Mm -hmm. Wow, there's, there's sexiness if you've ever thought of it, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. It's been fun. Yeah, and I hope that you'll consider coming along to the getaway. We've already had several couples sign up, and space is limited. So jump mm -hmm. on board that train and start making your travel arrangements fast. Well, if we've left something undone, um, feedback sexymarriageradio.com or 214-702-9565 and leave a message. We'd love to hear from you. So... So those of you that took some time out of your day and those of you that hung out here with us. Thanks. Thanks for making Sexy Marriage Radio part of your day. We'll see you next time. Yep. We love you for listening.